1: The most important moment that's happened to me in my life was the near-death car accident, where a military at 90 miles an hour as a passenger sustained oh. level two concussion. Ladies and gentlemen, Benny Pugh!
0: He's a kingmaker in the music business, it's helping oh. to launch the careers of some of today's biggest superstars, Rihanna, Jay-Z, Mary J. Blige, Travis Scott, and I'm, right I'm in, just yo. naming a few. Coming out of that accident, What do you think that taught you?
1: I realized impact was God telling me, it's time for you to change
0: your life. Do you think that other people can maybe change the way you change without having such a horrible event? So, Let's talk about the hustle. Paperboy to to CEO to president.
1: Paperboy was um, my first job.
0: Welcome to Success Story. I'm your host, Scott Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Now, the HubSpot Podcast Network has incredible podcasts like My First Million, hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry. They interview some of the most incredible business leaders, Alex Ramosi, Sophia Amoruso, Hassan Minhaj, who share their journey to success and how they made their first million. On a recent episode, they featured the Acquired Podcast hosts, Ben Gilbert and David Rosenthal to discuss how they scaled their multimillion dollar podcast. Don't sleep on My First Million. If you wanna get inspired, if you wanna learn from the best, you gotta tune into My First Million wherever you listen to your podcast. Today, my guest is veteran music industry executive, Benny Pugh. Having held executive roles at major record labels like Motown, Def Jam, and MCA Records, including his tenure as the former Executive Vice President of Epic Records and the former President of Rock Nation Music, Benny has been instrumental in positioning the sound and culture of music worldwide by breaking radio hits for superstar artists such as Jay-Z, Rihanna, Kanye West, DJ Khaled, The Roots, Travis Scott, Future, Yo Gotti, 21 Savage, and more.
1: Wow, well thank you, Scott, for having me on the show. And um just speaking with you off camera, you know, you're an amazing spirit and soul, man. So I can thank I you. see why you get the amount of downloads you do, because you're you're a special heart, man. So thank you once again. You know what thinking the most important and most traumatic and fulfilling moment that's happened to me in my life was the near death car accident where um hit a tree at ninety miles an hour as a passenger. Shit. sustained. A level two concussion, that's when you black out between one and five minutes. L3, L4 vertebrae fracture, bulging disc in my back, lacerated liver that led me to um, lose half my blood supply, and we hit the tree so hard that it severed two feet of my small intestine. And in that moment, God put a book inside of me called On Impact, and impact is an acronym for intuition, mastery, pivot, authenticity, connection, and teamwork. And it takes the reader through my journey from 11 years old delivering newspapers to modern day with an undercurrent of music since i spent the majority of my professional career in the music business and at the end of each chapter i've put together what i've called a hit list which are takeaways from the chapter that people can now apply to their lives and pretty much say if benny can do it i can do it too because i've gone from paperboy to president
0: and intern to ceo um uh, that's a lot to unpack man okay let's this is going to set the tone for the rest of the show you just you just fucking went through everything they were going to talk about in like 2 seconds that could have been Bam. the, the story right there yeah <laughs> no, Bam. no no it's, it's, all right so you let's let's talk about this accident so we're mm-hmm. going to talk about the accident then we're going to talk about um we can go back to the origin story and what knocks obviously that's super uh, super important as well but um, coming out of that accident, what do you think that taught you? What did the, you know, why did you, did you feel anger? Did you feel hate for the person driving? Did you feel nothing but gratitude? What was it that came out of that?
1: So um, none of the above in the negative perspective, and I realized that that was the impact was God telling me, you know, it's time for you to change your life, and that was the inflection point for me to really now become very um, self-aware. And also understanding what my mission and my purpose, um, you know, in life is. It's not about how much money I make. It's not about the people of influence that I know. It's not about how much I've traveled. It's not about the things that don't matter. It's how do you really now take all that's been given to you and share to as many people as possible. So he was only, honestly, just the driver, right? For Quite literally, the that I needed to go. So. No, no feelings, no ill feelings, none of that.
0: And who and who were you before? Who were you before that accident?
1: Man, I was a consummate professional, you know, sales guy. Um, just like probably a, most folks in a, in America and and around the world, you know, you just driven on the day to day grind, and when you're on, only thinking about. Making ends meet or experiencing a great life because you figured out the code, you forget about the real value of how important the day is, how important it is telling people you love them, how important it is just giving someone a call and, and giving them, you know, a positive aspiration. You forget about like who you are, true to yourself, and what is the purpose um, for your for your day to day in your existence. You know, you forget as a parent, like you know, your children really depend on you. Not just to be a figure, you know, they need that input um, on a on a day to day. If you have a mate or, you know, someone significant, you know, it's more than just we're a couple. It's like, yo, I want to really make sure that we're all the way in tune and tied together, because if we're going to take a journey together, we need to be locked in and in lockstep. And you can only do that with commitment and time. So unfortunately, I realized, although I had success, I really had nothing.
0: You feel like you were uh, like you didn't have balance. Is that, is exactly. that more or less?
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, and balance, oh, definitely was une well wasn't balance uneven um, on the paradigm of of life for me. Uh, I was very highly driven in the music business and prior to that in business as a whole, and realizing that you know my, how important my career was is was was actually the point that um, I negated who I was
0: and okay so now you have this 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 life-changing moment it's, it's sad because a lot of people um, don't have a moment that wakes them up like that and I'm actually curious do you think that do you think there would have been a point in your life that you would have uh, actually changed it sounds like change for the better I don't want to make assumptions but it sounds like change for the better after this event do you think that this is a moment that you needed? And do you think that other people can maybe uh, change the way you change without having such a, like a horrible, life altering event? So,
1: yes, it's it, yes and no. So, it's, it's an individu- individual choice, but you have to realize when the signs are prevalent. So, it's not necessarily you have to hit a tree to change your life you have to really take a step back and understand what the value of life is right from 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 the from the day of birth to yeah. the day that you die what do you truly want your middle to be is it only about hustling and paying bills and buying you know the next Gucci Louis Vuitton Mercedes <laughs> Benz right <laughs> those things or is it really about like guess what how am i going to Make a difference and make a change every day in my life to impact someone's life. Because if you impact someone's life and you're the genesis of that, now you you have begun a train that will truly live on for, for, forever because of what you've done. Right. And and ideally, I think a lot of us get trapped in, you know, um, life as as is what it is, meaning, you know, the day to day grind and don't understand the value of a minimalist lifestyle, right? Like, you don't Mm -hmm. need everything. You don't have to spend $125, $150, $300 a night on dinners. You don't have to Mm -hmm. do that. You don't have to drink the best champagne every night or, you know, cognac or smoke cigars. But it's okay if you can. But if if that's not what your situation dictates, then enjoy what you can do and then you will start to begin a life that's
0: fulfilling and rewarding for yourself. You know what now we're, now we're all fucked up because this is what happens, right? You came from you came you came from paper route and then you worked and you hustled and you hustled and you hustled. And then you hustle so much that you start to make money and you start to succeed and then you're like shit okay now i'm making it and you start benchmarking yourself against people that have made it a little bit more than you and made a little <laughs> bit more money than you and social media <laughs> fucks us all up right? right and i'm sure you i i'm sure this is what happened to you could happened to me it happened to anybody who i know even people that haven't made money it's happened to so i'm just it's not even a question it's just like it's like this maybe just a comment on society as a whole just pushes all these these ideals and these thoughts and these values on money and wealth and success. And it's keeping up with the Joneses at like this insane scale that is never achievable. It's just a wild world we live in. And I want to try and teach people over in this particular show, at least uh, the massive amount of success that you had and that hustle mentality, because, bro, you were like an executive at pretty much almost every single record label that I know. (laughs) But like <laughs> that, that is seven, like any a, seven yeah. different labels. So that's not that's not like not successful. That's you hustled for that shit. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like, OK, you had I don't know what the best word is. like come to Jesus moment. I don't know. You just exactly. total life changing moment. And you're yeah. like, shit, OK, I've done this. I've I and and you're in this flywheel when you're building yourself up. When you come from paperboy and you keep going to the next job, next job, next job, next job. It's like, how do you stop? Because that's all you know now. Thirty years of well, your life, you trained yourself. I mean, that's for this. a
1: great—that's a great question, and it's—it's it's ideally for me. It was that moment, and you asked the question earlier. Had that not happened, what do you think the outcome would have been? I think I probably would have had a heart attack at some point. You know, um, with the with the level of of uh, commitment that I was at, you know, you don't even understand the stress that that you put no your doubt. body through. You put the moment. Um, and, and working uh in a high output um environment, especially when you're an earner and you're responsible um for folks. And and in doing so, you carve off the back end of your life, right? Like you commit, you know, it's just like it's just like a boxer. You can take heavy punches in your youth if you know, but you protect your head. But you're still beating up your body. Right? Yeah. I remember like the other day I was talking with my son and, you know, just even like certain things in workouts, like lifting weights. When I was young playing football, you know, I would put 350, 375 pounds on my back to squat, right? But guess what? My back is messed up now in this age. And somebody said, hey, listen, you're going to pay for it in the end. You're like, well, you can do it now so you don't really think about it later because you can do it now. So ultimately, um, it's important to not only see the day that, the days that you're in, but each day builds into your future. So you have to find that spot that you're happy every day because the future's not promised. The accident happened literally getting in a car, driving out of a driveway, making a right onto a roadway, and the, pass, and the driver passed out with his foot on the accelerator. I couldn't plan for that. Right. I couldn't. And just think about it. At that point, I'm still until that very moment. I'm still this guy that's on the hamster wheel. So everything that I've acquired, everything that I've done, everything that I've gone didn't matter because my life was about to end in that moment. So when your life is about to end in that point, you have and death really does happen in slow motion. You have to say, wow, what a wonderful life it was. Or you're like, "Yo, I didn't do everything I want. But it's happening. So which life do you want to live when the end does come? What a wonderful life, or I didn't do everything I, I wanted, and everything you want is in is is in the grasp of your hand, understanding the value
0: of each day. That's beautiful. Um tell me something. When you hit that tree, you're probably out cold for a bit. I I think you're probably passed yep. out or yep. when you w- when you woke up Did you immediately immediately think, I'm going to change my life? Or did you immediately think, fuck, I'm in the hospital, I'm going to miss emails, and I have meetings next week, and I'm going to miss those?
1: So, there's a couple things. When I realized the driver was passed out, because literally we came down his gate, he made a right, we got on the roadway, two-lane roadway in rural New Jersey. I heard a thump on the accelerator. And the car shot off. And I picked up my phone. I was about to make a call. And I'm like, what is he doing? Like, we're too old to be showboating with a new car. So I looked at the odometer, cut my eyes, and the odometer was at 75 miles an hour. I turned my head, and he was passed out with his foot on the accelerator. So in that moment, I did what I was always taught to do. I would speak to God. And the first thing I said was, Lord, I guess I'm not going to see you um, see my family anymore because my wife and my daughter, they were in in the house and I'd seen from my sister, um, my father, we celebrated his, his uh, 70th birthday the, the day before. My son took him to boarding school. My daughter, my eldest saw her just a, a week prior. The second thing was, Lord, I guess I'm going to see you soon because this just can't end pretty. Like you know, a car running through a residential neighborhood on a two-lane roadway at ninety miles an hour can't be. And the third thing I got mad with God because had I known I was gonna die today, I wouldn't have went to the barbecue. Right? I would have did something different. <laughs> and um, and I thought about all the things I would miss. You know, there would be no more birthdays, no more anniversaries, no more um. Uh, celebrations you know who would pour wisdom into my children you know who would um, marry my girls and then at that moment as the car veered off the road we hit something and it went flying into the uh, tree and that's where I sustained um, all of the injuries I broke came to for a moment and what was really amazing is that this this person grabbed my hand and held my hand. And that's when I really understood the value of the human touch. You know, like we get touched, we caress, we're intimate. But that life transfer was the first time I got that. When in all of the pain that I was I was in, and in the moment of, you know, you're hanging on between this world and the next. And someone's literally holding on to my hand, transferring energy. And at that moment, when they hoist me into... Into the ambulance, he let go, and that's when I blacked out. I don't want to spoil a book for you, and uh, <laughs> in, in that moment, um, I realized the value of of the human touch and how important it is that we give that good energy to people because you truly do feel it, you know, verbally, um, through motions, through through, mm-hmm. and and obviously physically. So it's an, it's a valuable experience that I learned and through that I can now share this story through my book on impact life leadership and betting on yourself available at Amazon and everywhere books are sold. <laughs> I'm gonna drop
0: I got you I'm gonna drop all the links don't worry bro I got you <laughs> gotta get the plug okay. in man <laughs> bro I, I always give you shot to plug I always give you shot to plug I'm not gonna do you like that all right okay let's do let's do like pre let's do pre uh let's do pre like now, I'm gonna segment your life into two two parts. Okay. Like Chapter let's one go. is pre-crash. Chapter two is post-crash. So let's, let's talk about the come-up. Let's talk about the hustle because the hustle is real for a lot of people. And then the lesson is mm-hmm. gonna be you gotta know when to shut off, and you gotta know when you have Absolutely. what's good and you have enough. But a hustle is mandatory to make it to somewhere and to support and to you know provide for a family, and to provide for yourself, and to give back to the world. So uh, paper boy to to CEO to president. What like actually that's that's multi stage because it was it was not even just paper boy it was like paperboy to intern then intern to ceo mm-hmm. so why start as paper boy and then how do you do paper boy to intern and then we'll go from there
1: paperboy was um my first job and it and it actually came out of an a, a very unconditional method my, we used to travel to South carolina every summer um up until I was eleven uh, my father went school in. He would uh, take us to visit our grandparents on a farm in Orangeburg, South Carolina. So school ended on a Monday. We left that Friday. School in, ended on Friday. We left Friday night. And we'd drive 12 and a half, 13 hours to, to get to South Carolina for the summer. I realized um, I was definitely not uh, um, uh, a Southern kind of guy. I was more of a metropolitan kid, and it didn't, didn't quite fit for me, right? Um, but I enjoyed the experience and all the lessons that I learned. But when I got 11, I was like, I don't want to do this no more. And I'd actually um, obtained a a paper route. So I had a conversation and negotiation with my dad. If if I leave my paper route, then I'm going to lose that opportunity. And he realized that at that point, the opportunity did mean something to me. And that was the genesis of my true work career. And in doing... Uh, What I learned from doing that at 11 was managing up, managing down, right? Because, you know, you're dealing with adults and you realize in life that everything's not easy and everyone's not a good person because, you know, just the real root general concept of you give someone a product and they have to pay you. And if you're a child, you should pay a child. Adults don't necessarily just in, in those particular instances Follow the code. So I realized giving the paper that everyone wasn't going to pay. Now the paper company advanced you their product. So since they advanced you, you're on the hook for what they've given you. They don't care what what you do with your business. All they want is their return on what they've given you. And that was uh, an early introduction for me in the sales aspect, in the business aspect of learning like, okay, Life is not going to be easy, but there are rewards if you do it the right way. And, uh, you know, that was the opening moments for me. Um, Then I uh, obviously worked several different jobs along the way. My total career, I've amassed a grand total of 60 um, different uh, (laughs) W-9s. right. 60 different W-9s this lifetime. Uh, So I've done everything. So... It's, uh, it, was, it was an experience. How I actually got into the music business came out of another unlikely circumstance. During college, I uh, was a stand-up comic uh, when I went to St. John's University. And at the end of the show, the woman who booked me worked for Motown Records. And she asked me, you know, what were my plans? And I hadn't even quite put together what the next steps were for me in life. Um, so she said, why don't you come on down to Motown and be my intern? Needless to say, where we come from, no one knows what an intern is. But since I was a sales guy, I was like, "Yeah, I can be your intern." <laughs> All right, we'll figure yeah. that out when I get there. So when I got to Motown, you know, prior to that, um, you know, historically what I've done was was sales. So I showed up at a record company with a three-piece suit on, athlase case, and wingtips, and everybody looked at me like, "Is he?" you know, the FBI? I just
0: want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. Now, companies are under pressure right now. Pressure to get more leads, close deals faster, get better insights to create the best experience for their customers. See, a CRM can help, but not just any CRM. One that is easy to set up, intuitive to use, and customizable to the way you do business. Now, that's where HubSpot comes in. HubSpot CRM is an easy for everyone to use on day one solution. It helps teams be more productive. You can drag and drop your way to attention, grabbing emails and landing pages. You can set up marketing automation to give every contact the white glove treatment. Plus AI powered tools like content assistant mean less time spent on tedious manual tasks and more time for what matters your customers. HubSpot CRM has all the tools you need to wow prospects, lock in deals, and improve customer service response times. Get started today for free at HubSpot.com. You're going to audit Definitely. us? What's going on here? Yo, what's <laughs> going on right now? The auditor or somebody,
1: yo, obviously on the wrong floor because the record companies are equivalent to, like, tech companies then and now, meaning, you know, very free-spirited, you know, dressed down, cool. Fly, sexy, like kind of creativity, yeah. art, all stuff. No one does that. So, yeah. But that was my discipline.
0: So, okay. So then you you start working in in the music industry, and and how do you move up? Like, there's a, I feel like you're very self aware of the stuff that uh, you needed to know to succeed. Because you you even spoke about managing a book of business, managing sales. Like you're very aware of like the lessons that you took to the next level. Mm-hmm. So as you go through the different roles that you had at all these different record labels what are those key things that are like this is this is necessary to make it in life make it in the career make it to the next level get the next promotion
1: so wherever you work whatever you do you have to become a student of the game one-on-one it's just 101 if you start a job you need to know that particular job and that company in and out information is power that's what's going to move you forward you know smiles are good You know, uh, obviously, (laughs) you know, for those who like to kiss ass, I don't know that, but you know, that can move you. So whatever these different means of, 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 will move people up fairly and unfairly, the business is going to be paramount. So those who are really, truly successful are people who have a handle on the business of the business that they're working in too. Always, um, for me, as I moved into management was assembling, great teams. It's never about you, right? Unless you're doing something that's only about you, which in business, it's very rare that it's only about you. So um, finding, you know, successors um, and also great mentees that you can pour yourself into to that ultimately will alleviate a lot of work on your plate. If you're giving people the opportunity to grow inside of the organization and that they believe and trust in trusting you.
0: And when you so when you start to move up, then what's walk me through like as an executive at, or actually, tell me why you moved from Motown to Def Jam to MCA, and then you were Epic, then you were Rock Nation. So you're jumping around too. So you're knowing the game, but like you're playing the game a little bit too. And I'm I'm not sure if that's the case, but I'm I'm wondering why you switched labels. Was it in my experience at least? It's because sometimes. Uh, sometimes a business or an organization, uh, it's, it's harder to move up in an organization than to move into a higher role in another organization. Is that the case, or was it just pure right time, right place, right opportunity?
1: I think it's a gumbo of, of all of that, but for me, there are a couple reasons. Um, my mother worked and loved the United States Post Office. She, lived, she worked her whole career until she re- retired there almost 40 years, and she enjoyed that job. Um, for me... I never had the desire, I mean, I, I mean, I stated in the beginning, I worked 60 jobs, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I never had, for me, once I've matched all that I can get or all that I can give, then I got to move on because I need to make room for others to grow and also for myself to grow. So it's always about amassing the information, um, education. And also moving on to what's next. Had I stayed at any of those companies one day longer, I would never be at this point in my life to have this interview because everything mm-hmm. would have changed. So I always, I'm very self, very self-aware, both personally and business, when my time has expired, and when it's time to move on, and what it is that fits into my goals of what I ultimately want to achieve. So um i think it's kind of like a, di- a divine order thing you know being yeah. very you know um and in tune and and understanding the frequency that i'm that i'm connected with
0: you are you are very self-aware and you're very conscious of of what you're working on and and what you're per- i think it's probably probably manifested a little bit more after after Absolutely. this car crash mm-hmm. but i think that now it's funny like hindsight's always twenty twenty. now you see threads in your life of this is what happened. This is what happened. Then this is what happened, You know, this is why it happened. And everything starts to make a lot more sense. Looking back, it always makes a lot more sense. Looking back. Um, Rock Nation, when, when did you meet Jay Z? You... <laughs> what was that? Uh,
1: I mean, the first, the first, the first thing in encountering was um, at uh, Def Jam when he was the president okay. of the label. So that was the first time I actually truly met him.
0: I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. To hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And oh, that's before he, he spun out. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So he was the president of Def Jam Records um, during, during, uh, during my time there and then um we met again at uh at his company Rock Nation
0: and then like let's talk about even like some of the work you did there so you have behind the scenes look at what it takes to make a like one of these incredible artists like you know I have these notes here you worked with obviously Jay-Z Rihanna uh Kanye DJ Khaled Travis Scott Future 21 sat like insane talent so i'm sure now like you to your point, it's not just you, it's obviously a, a massive team of people that finds this talent. But for people that are like huge into the music industry, what does it actually take to find talent to to put out a hit, to actually market the shit out of it? Cause that's that's what you're doing. You're building this persona of this incredible talent and there's a lot of talent that's out there that's incredible, that doesn't make it. So I'm super curious as to like the behind the scenes and to what building a building a, a star looks like.
1: So the behind the scene executive, you know, my, my superpower was radio promotions. So I made my bones growing in the business. You know, the guy who you say, I hate hearing that record on the radio over and over and over again. Well, it was because of people like me, right? (laughs) Yeah, we pitched and sold, you know, the program director who is who's responsible for the records going into rotation in a very, you know, root, root perspective um but what we do at record labels is identify talent and we give the artist the the best opportunity to be exposed to the masses and obviously the talent is what really drives the business and the executives enhance you know the experience as well as push through all of the different gateways that are known to exploit you know the music or expose the music globally so you know when you think about the artists that you mentioned that you know our team worked on and that you know i've worked with is that they were super talented individuals so they had to actually cut through to rise up to get the people like us that will help them fulfill their destiny and their dreams and their goals
0: what look like even if you compare it to like pro pro athletes what's the percentage of people that actually make it in a music career.
1: Um there was a stat and don't quote me, but it's you gotta you gotta feel think it's far less than five percent. And it is all it's all I'm relative. sure it's less, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It,
1: it's all relative it's all relative though on how you how you view success though, right? There are the mega superstars, which are the very small percentage, right? And then there are people who are making a living actually in their their field of artistry and being able to sustain themselves. So, you know, there's the, you know, they're the superstars, stars, and then there are kind of like people who are making living living um, doing it. And yeah. then there are people who are involved, you know, it's really like a hobby. So it just depends on what you want from it. But, you know, the commercial end of it, that's dictated by, you know, the people who come and buy. That's the only way you can look at that. The big sellers, big toppers.
0: Now, I'm actually curious because, even after working at all those labels, um, you started your own company, Diverse Diverse mm-hmm. Media. So I'm curious, what was what was wrong in the industry? What are you trying to change? Like you've been in the industry for 30 years, so what are things that aren't working? Uh, is it the supporting the talent? Like I know I don't want you to talk shit about the places you work because you worked with oh, a lot of yeah, great yeah. people and whatnot. That, You'll put a hit on. But- Yeah, I know, hundred percent. But there's there's things you're trying to solve for, is what I'm saying, or else you wouldn't be doing this.
1: Absolutely. So what's important for me, the thirty years of of uh, being in the business, is you realize that there's an unbalance of information that's given, right? You see people come in and um, on both sides, the executive end as well as the artisan, they make millions of dollars and they can potentially, you know, a decade, two decades, be flat broke. Just because they've never prepared and they haven't prepared is because no one has introduced them to different options on what they can do with their money, looking at their career, both in, in the now and in the future and how you have to prepare yourself for that. So if you think about a child or a kid or a young adult that now hit, gets a hit record and you get a half a million dollars, million dollars, two million dollars, well, you might never even had a checkbook. Mm -hmm. So what's important for you the day that, um, you become successful is the team that you surround yourself with. And unfortunately you may not have those resources or avenues or ideas. You only know what you know. So what my goal is at this point is to provide as much information as possible. And that's why I created the, it's your time conference, which, um, you know, my inaugural, Uh, Conference will hit and um, Martin Luther King uh, weekend in Charlotte, North Carolina, the 12th through the 15th. So we're going to give artists an opportunity to audition, um, which will give somebody $10,000 to bet on themselves. Not some hokey fokey deal, like because, you know what, at the end of the day, someone may need money to pay their engineer. You know, they might need money to, you know, retain an attorney. They may need money to clean up their books. So giving you a deal doesn't solve your problems. Giving you an opportunity to bet on yourself in your art is more important. And then we're going to have two days of panels, which will give that information on how you can provide um, and provide for yourself in your livelihood as an artist. So we'll do estate. We have a plan panel on estate planning. We have a panel on um you know how to get hot and invest in re- real estate we'll have yeah you know panels on cryptos you know the the one of of if you're interested how do you get involved in a whole host and array of other different things that are educational whether you're in music or not that's valuable for entrepreneurs artists um tastemakers influencers etc
0: dude I love that. I, I I hear this so much. And it's funny. Okay, so I'm gonna explain. I've spoken to like all star athletes, I've spoken to uh, financial advisors of all star athletes. And I've never spoken to somebody who's worked directly with uh, the, like the level caliber of, of talent that you've worked with, but it's all the same shit. So these people get this massive check, and you just hope that they align with a good, well meaning business manager. But if they don't, then they don't know any better and there's taxes and fees and agency fees and insurances and all this stuff and they have to rent out studio space or in case of an athlete, they're, you know, putting money towards their uh, nutrition or their gym or their trainer or whatever. And there's all these different like vultures that come after these people that come into money real quick. And I think that the issue is that it's embarrassing to know, to say that you fucked up. It's so embarrassing to say you fucked up or that somebody was skimming out of your bank account or something like that or somebody wasn't managing the money. Or I think Steve Harvey said, you know, when his accountant died, there was like millions in unpaid taxes and his accountant was writing these checks but never cashing them in his own account or something like that. Like it's just wild. So this is what you're doing. You create a whole conference around it. Um how do we how do we better serve people like now the 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 onus has to be on the rock nations and the epic records and the of the world that when they're onboarding talent they're like they're setting them up with the right people or else the or else if you're if you're not if you're just if you're just a marketing house then that's you're just marketing and you're making money for somebody that may not be able to manage it or know how to manage it or be aligned with a shitty manager or something like that so how do we sort of do better because this is a plaguing anybody who comes into money real quick.
1: So, I mean, you're a part of the process and, and the solution. You know, I hope to be that as well, is we have to push the information out. It's also c- incumbent on the individual to do the work, as we stated earlier in this interview, like yeah. you have to become a student of the game. Like you can't expect people to do for you more than you're willing to do for yourself. And, and I think that just becomes very naive. Um, if you're going for, you know, heart surgery, you're going to have, you know, I would hope a minimum of, of two different opinions, Opinion. right? <laughs> depending on how bad it is. You know, you, if you got time, get three, but yeah. you don't just like go sit with the first doctor and go, all right, cool. And never ask him how many heart surgeries have you done? Right. Oh, no, that's my first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my first. Ah, <laughs> oh, nah, that's not a good idea. You know what, I'm going to I'm gonna give myself this whole week. I know you said it's seven days. I'm going to give myself seven days because I can't really bank on you. And you have to look at it, you know, that's in a light note. But seriously, yeah. you have to look at your career as serious as a heart attack, right? Yeah. Like you got to prepare yourself, right? If your heart's not in good condition, you want to make sure that you're getting the best care, treatment, and person that can work with you because you can change it. Right? you can yeah. change your outcome because now you already know the prognosis and the diagnosis so therefore it's incumbent on you so if you walk into a music business or any business knowing what 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 waits ahead and you choose to go down that road then whose fault is it hey
0: everyone i just want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's episode Babel. now who here remembers those high school language classes that never really clicked doesn't matter if you're learning french or spanish whatever it is uh i tried to learn french in high school i can't remember any of it i'm sure a lot of people tried to learn french spanish whatever it is the point is Babbel is solving for this so it offers quick 15 minute lessons that fit perfectly into your busy life and they focus on real world conversations about travel Relationships and business. Listen, right now I'm trying to relearn French. I'm trying to learn Spanish because I just moved down to the US. And what really sets Babel apart is that their lessons are crafted by over 100 language experts, not just AI. And their teaching, their method is scientifically proven to be effective. So you can choose from 14 languages Spanish, French, Italian, German, and a ton of others. Their speech recognition technology helps you get your pronunciation and accent just right. And Babbel doesn't just stop at lessons. You can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, even live classes. And they have a 20-day money-back guarantee. So, question to you. Are you ready to start your language journey with Babbel right now? You're setting up a special offer for all Success Story podcast listeners. When you buy a three-month subscription, you get another three months free. That's six months for the price of three. So what you're gonna do, you're gonna just head to babbel.com and use promo code success story. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com code success story. Happy learning. Agree. We gotta do, we gotta do a better so people gotta take their own take their careers into their own hands, but also, I mean, like something like it, it's your time and similar, that shit has to be way more prevalent Yeah, because, yeah, it, it, we're in, you know, it's funny, even before we were talking, you were, you're saying like, oh, there's a lot of people that gate their content and gate their knowledge and charge these huge fees and then somebody's trying to learn. So, you know, somebody who's sitting at home who just has this manager saying, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to cut you in on this deal. I'm going to write you this check if you and this is going to be your first, uh, you know, it's going to be your whatever the proper terminology is record or I don't fucking know. But it's going to be the first thing you put out into the world like somebody doesn't know, but they have to they have to go out and they have to find that information. They have to understand that not everybody in the world of business is a good person. And you gotta do your homework and do your research. And I think that stuff like this, like it's your time and, and more free information. It's kinda of like what I'm trying to do with this literally with this show. It's not targeted towards one particular type of professional. But the point is, like, upskill yourself. Like there's no in my opinion, in twenty twenty two and now almost twenty twenty three, we're gonna gonna make it so we're not dating ourselves too much. it's right. gonna be twenty twenty three in a couple of days. Right. But right. Bro, you got to you got to you got to do your research and you got to do your homework, but there also has to be people that have done it before that are teaching you and like exactly. opening up that yeah. I love that, dude. Okay. Um let's I I I want to I want to now sort of pivot into the second half of your life, which is the post-crash, post-2014. Um even on the book you wrote, you broke it down into six different pieces. So you did intuition, mastery, pivot, authenticity, connections and teamwork. What does that mean? Why the, why are those the, the 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 titles? What what is relevant for that? Is that your life journey and all the different things you had to master? Or walk me through that. Yeah, those are the
1: pillars. Those are the pillars that I live and subscribe by. You know, uh, okay. when I when I looked at it, um, and the accident pulled it all together, like liter- literally and figuratively, and it that why I say God put a book inside of me. The title of the book is on impact. And when I looked at my life, when I decided that I was going to move forward with this, uh, I thought about, okay, what is life? What has the value been for me? What are the most important things that I can look at in a literal and symbolic way that says who I am? Mm -hmm. And these are the, the acronym then became that in impact, intuition, very intuitive, mastery. Obviously, that's important um, in order to advance and grow. Pivot is needed in under- knowing when time to move is important, in whether it's business or professional. Authenticity. Who you see now is who you saw yesterday and who you will see again with modifications. Right? Connections have been a driving force in my life and is equally teamwork which is not just the job but also family and people that you depend on to help you grow as an individual that's how it
0: all came together I got it okay that makes sense talk to me about betting on yourself I love the concept of betting on yourself I think more people <laughs> should bet on themselves but they're scared shitless to do it so
1: <laughs> how did you it's, figure it's, out you
0: can bet on yourself
1: It's it's you know it's a overused term but you know for me it's it's uh driven me to getting to the next step of, of my life is realizing i can't be held i can't be restricted i can't be scared right ultimately it's you know everyone is not at that comfort level to understand how im it how important it is for you to have that freedom so what you have to do is take small steps to build your confidence so that you can realize that the value once you take that step in believing in oneself believing in yourself then everything else is okay. Everything else is okay. And because of that, I've made the preparation and even in instances when I wasn't prepared, realizing that I would be okay based on, you know, the choices I had to make both in good and bad situations. So, um, and a lot of that is work. It's no different than anything else. Like you can't just wake up one day and say, I want to bet on myself, but you've not prepared yourself, right? It's... (laughs) No different than this. You you probably had thousands of interviews. You you can just go. Up, you can just go, right? Because you're prepared. <laughs> so now, if someone offered you and said, "Hey, listen, I want you at NBC," you go like, "Maybe Fuck yes, yeah, maybe go. no." Because guess <laughs> what? At the end of the day, yo man, you prepared yourself for it, and that's what betting on yourself is is was what's akin to is 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 preparing yourself for bigger and greater things
0: that uh, rests inside of you to move forward with when did you when did you first feel you could do that that's not something that comes out of the gate like when you're maybe it is I don't know but that's a learned experience
1: that, that conversation with my dad you know um, showed me a lot because my father uh, is a, a strong man um no nonsense and and when I was able to persuade him right against what he wanted, I realized like, okay, there's a talent there, right? There's, I have confidence. And that's what that moment, that spark was that boost of confidence to realize like, you know what? It's okay. And don't give up because, you know, the first time I asked wasn't like, yes, it's the silent more, tell me more, Mm -hmm. right? So I could have just like, ah, forget it. But it was like, no, this is what I have passion for. And I realized at that point, um, selling was my thing at that point. I realized, okay, if I could get my father to change his mind, then yo, there's something I need to work, continue to work on. And obviously the paper, the paper, um, business opened up. Like I was excited, man. Like I was excited selling. I was exciting being like, yo, you trying to beat me. You're not going to get over on me. Right. Like, yeah. I just I just I, I love the hunt. Right? I just love the hunt.
0: Do you do you take that excitement like when you're looking for the next thing because now you're in now you're in another phase of your life where you 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 wrote a book, you're you you're putting together a conference, you're putting together another media company. Um do you look for excitement and things that you do is that kind of like your north star for this is my purpose. This is what I should be working on right now?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely a change agent. Like for me it's it's uh about growing companies growing um individuals and obviously growing myself to get the best out of 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 all of the above and i realized that through my journey in 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 corporate is that truly was my gift and superpower was Mm -hmm. enabling people to find you know that essence in them and that comfort and that comfortability of like someone giving them a chance and surrounding them and protecting them as they're able to grow to be who they will
0: um, yeah. become. Um, I, I was, I was watching like shows before we jumped on just doing my research as I always do. And there was actually one question that one, uh, one host asked you, and I've never asked anybody this on the show before, but you're, you had a beautiful answer. Um, and it was about masculinity. And the reason why I think it's a great question is because even when, you know, you've referenced your dad a few times, you've referenced your family, you got excited when you found out that I'm trying to start a family and shit. Like, so I think that I I, want to hear your definition of what masculinity is and what being a father is. And, and it all ties back to balance. And it all ties back to everything you've gone through in your life. So what does that mean to you? Because I feel like it's not really discussed enough for people that are fathers and, and trying to build a family and trying to support
1: Um, it's, it's really being able to embrace your vulnerabilities, right? Um, especially in, in the African-American culture, it's better than it was, but you know, you could show no weakness. Like you grew up, you just had to be hard. Like, you, you know, everything was about defending yourself. Everything was about the fight. Everything was about push you down, um, if necessary or beat you down to show everyone not to mess with me. It's about toughness. As I grew older, I realized, you know, the value was actually hearing, you know, the sentiments and concerns on how people felt about me, meaning the people who I cared for. Mm -hmm. And, you know, growing up in the household, like my father, um, who he was and how he was he was disciplined, you know, emotions you didn't even share with your children. Like, so, you know, we're still at this point, like my father's never audibly said, I love you right he showed that he's you know his love and care but his generation could never say the words sure. so you go through life knowing yeah. that there's someone who love you but that those three words stevie wonder right um carry so much impact and power so like even when i was in the hospital which was insane you know and i never realized this which was another eye opener my parents when they found out i was in the accident my mother had alzheimer's and they drove the 13 hours the same 13 hours coming up and i came out of the coma and when i looked up um, when they came i saw the weight and the gravity on my father's face and when you realized when you're in a hospital bed, there's no mirrors. So you have no idea the condition that you're in. Like no one's like, mm-hmm. hey, look at you. You're jacked up. You yeah. only take it by the actions. And what you see, other people seeing, looking at you. And when I saw my father's face and I saw the gravity and the thought that he was looking at me as though he could lose his only son. That's when I realized that, you know what, I, I was in a bad way and I couldn't take the energy. So I stopped everyone from visiting me and I had to um, find deep inside of me to get better on my own, uh, to get better on my own. So with that, you know, in the changes that i made in life, you know, although I might not have heard my father say, I love you. I always tell people, who I love, I love them, male, female, and different. Mm-hmm. right? So, um, breaking the cycle is, is e- equally important, and also cherishing the people that you share, that they know exactly how you
0: feel. That's Damn, that was the wrong answer, dude. That was really <laughs> no, it was super powerful, and you know, it's because it means a lot to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that a lot of a lot of your journey has been. Uh, self-reflection and self-awareness and who you are in this world for not just yourself but the people closest to you people close to you are usually your family and your friends and whatnot and then you're just okay those are the people that are closest to me then what does it mean to be a father and what does it mean to be a male figure in a household and whatnot and it's different for all I mean you just mentioned it was prevalent in the African-American community I'm pretty sure if I go back to my grandpa my great-grandpa they weren't they weren't smiling and shit all the time either. Like it's, there's definitely uh, cultural differences for sure. But I mean, I think a lot of old people were hard as fuck. Like <laughs> they,
1: Yo, were just bro, an- <laughs> they went through it. They went through it and empathy is definitely not on the menu.
0: Yeah. Right. And that's and not hard. a good way to live.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's not, but it's up to us to break the cycle. Right. Yeah. It's if you want change, then you have to change.
0: What's the one thing that you would teach over out of out of the things that you've learned in, in your life and the things that you've written about and the things that you experienced with, uh, you know, your own upbringing? What's the one thing that you'd want to teach over to your kids on what to do different? Or it doesn't even have to be different. What's the one thing you want to teach over to your kids?
1: The value of faith. Right. That is that is faith is so important, you know, believing in in the unseen. Um, and it's that's what's carried me. You know, ultimately you spend more time with yourself than you do with anyone else. So you have to believe in you and you have to, you know, you have, I am connected, you know, to the creator. And for those who aren't or people who are still trying to find their way on believing in themselves or in a higher power, it changes you. When you have faith, you, you're, you, you know, you believe you can and do anything and whatever the outcome is, it's okay because you know that's my destiny. Whatever happens to me man, I'm okay with. It's it's okay. I'm I'm comfortable. Um because one thing I I rest I, I rest assured with is that you know my time is limited here. And and that's okay. But while I am here, I'm going to I'm going to do a bang up job. I'm going to give it my best. And Let's my go. kids yeah. and friends and everyone who I know, I would definitely Say the same for you. Just give it your best.
0: I love that, man. Okay, um, let's close this out. I have one question to ask everyone at the end. But before I pivot, uh, floor is yours. Anything that we didn't go into that you wanted to drop on the show for the listeners? And also, um, all the socials, where should they go connect with you? Uh, where should they get the book? I'm assuming Amazon, but any, anywhere else you want to send people.
1: I think what's most important for for the audience and anyone listening to this interview is realize that if I can do it, you can do it too. It only takes, you know, just one spark inside of you to make a difference and make a change. So don't give up on you. I, you can find me at Benny Pugh on all my socials and come see me at the conference. Uh, it's your time in Charlotte, North Carolina, January 12th through the 15th. And um, most importantly, thank you again, Scott, for this amazing opportunity of sharing with your audience.
0: Dude, my pleasure, man. Um, I'm really happy we did this. Okay, last question I ask everyone before we cut this. What is success? You've had an incredible career, obviously, um, between what you're working on with book, conference, companies you're building out now, previous life of all the executive roles. You've killed it. So after all this, after all this, what does success mean to you?
1: Man, you know what? Success is, is really just being able to take a step outside, each and every day, man, and be thankful about the moment that I'm in, that my family's healthy, my friends are healthy, and most importantly, that you know what the God I serve is giving me an opportunity to be a part of of something that's so precious and that's life. That's I how it. I measure success.
0: indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed.